We're so glad that you've joined us today on the Relevant Church Podcast. There's so much God wants to do in and through you as you listen to this message. If you want to learn more about Relevant Church, visit us online at thisisrelevant.cc. Got to ask a question. Yes, the answer should be yes. No, somebody goes no. So like, yes, preacher, go ahead and ask us. Have you ever been at a place in your life where you've recognized I've got to put up or shut up? You've been in a relationship for quite a few months, quite a few years, and the other person is putting a little pressure and saying, hey, when you going to put a ring on it? And you recognize I've got to put up or shut up. Been married for a little while. Maybe it's on the rocks a little bit. You recognize it's not only them. It could be me too. And at the end of the day, I've got to put up or shut up. You're on your job. It's not looking too hot. Promotions are coming up. And you realize that in order to get to where I need to go in this company, in this career, I've got to put up or shut up. Got real quiet because I feel like there's some people in here in this room right now who are like, dang, you're talking to me. I started this series on, listen, I'm, y'all going to get tired of me talking about my boo. I don't care. She cute. So I'm going to talk about her all the time. I started this series talking about how I met Christine on the stairs of the chapel. I saw this beautiful dark-skinned princess. I was in love. I was smitten. I knew that this was the individual I was going to spend the rest of my life with. I knew in that moment that I would have to spend the rest of my collegiate years pursuing her because I was convinced that once we were together, we would spend the rest of our lives pursuing Jesus together. From the time I met her, I was like, hey, I see my future. And many of us have been able to see a glimpse in where our future is. Many of us have a vision and have goals set, and we've got kind of an idea of what it's going to look like. Some of us know what our relationship is going to look like. Some of us have an idea of what our career is going to look like, our our parenting is going to look like. Some of us, our our retirement is going to look like. God has given us a vision, a window into our future. But many of us are stuck between remaining in the plane of the present or the pain of the present or pursuing the purpose of a new possible. So I got to a point where I needed to put up or shut up. It was the fall of 2003. I once again saw what I saw four years ago. This chocolate, dark skin, Hershey's kiss standing about 20 feet ahead of me. 
she was wearing skin tight purple capri pants. She had a skin tight black top that was cut off and she showed all her arm skin. And in that moment, my buddy was like, did you know Christine John is single? I said, well, you wouldn't say. <laughs> and he said, bro, this is the time. You got to talk to her. And I did what everybody else would try to do, try to be cool. Oh, man, I don't, know, I don't know if it's the right time. And he looked at me and told me, dude, you've talked about this for four years. It's time to put up or shut up. Moral of the story, three kids later, I put up, baby. I put up. <laughs> Glory to God. See, eventually, we all have to make a move. Eventually, we all have to put up or shut up. I believe there's people in this room today that are recognizing this one fact. We can't stay here. I can't stay here in my faith. I can't stay here in my relationship. I can't stay here in my business. I can't stay here in my education. I can't stay here, but it's time for me to put up or shut up. If you got your Bibles, go to Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6. If you don't have a Bible, go ahead and raise your hand. Our house crew want to put a Bible in your hand. I want you to follow along. Listen, we're going to be going through a lot of text today, but it's all relevant. I believe God has a word for us in this. Go to Joshua chapter 6. If you don't have a Bible at home and you've just received one of those Bibles we just handed to you, consider that a gift to you. You can write in it, put your name in it, underline in it, draw in it. That is our gift to you. We want to have a Bible in your hand. And as you're going to Joshua chapter 6, I'll pray. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Have your way this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So give you a little background to catch you up to speed. I don't have that much time. I'm probably going to go over. Spoiler alert. God calls out a man named Abraham back in the day. He chooses this man out of his own volition. Abraham hasn't done anything to be chosen. God comes to him and says, man, I want to make a promise to you. I want to make a covenant to you. You're going to have a whole bunch of kids. Your kids are going to populate the earth. And through your lineage, I'm going to bring salvation to the world. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to get up from where you are at. Go to this land that I'm going to show you. Even though you've never been there before, I'm going to give you that land. I'm going to give your children that land, your children's children that land, and your whole lineage is going to possess this land. It's yours. It's a land with full of abundance, flowing with milk and honey. It's yours. You did nothing to deserve it, but I'm giving it to you. There's only one problem. Abraham didn't have any kids, and Abraham was old. 
And as time went, more time went, more years passed, more decades went, and he still didn't have any children. And eventually, God fixed his plumbing, blew off the dust off his wife's ovaries, and they were able to have a child. And then they had more children, and more children came, and their children grew into a large nation. Unfortunately, for they found themselves in an area that was not theirs, populated by Egyptians. They were the strongest nation in the world at the time. And the Egyptians uh, enslaved Abraham's uh, ancestors, and now they were stuck in slavery, and they had to determine, does God still hear our cries? Do we still have the promise ahead of us? What they didn't know is God was raising up an individual named Moses. Moses was born out of this uh, group of individuals that were enslaved. Moses uh, it grows up in the palace. He learns how to deal with Pharaoh. He understands Egyptian culture. But then Moses does something stupid. He ends up killing one of the Egyptians. So now Moses has to go on the run. And so Moses is in the wilderness. He is by himself. He meets a family, finds a wife, gets married, has children. God shows up to Moses and says, hey, Moses, I'm sending you back to Egypt. I'm sending you back to where you're wanted. I'm sending you back where they want to kill you. But this is what you're going to do. You're going to go back and you are going to release my people from slavery. I'm with you. I'm for you. I'm not against you. And then you're going to lead them to the land that I am showing you. So Moses is obedient. He goes back. And by golly, they were released from slavery. They walk out of Egyptian slavery. They walk out with resources, with gold, with animals, and now they're headed to the promised land. God's promise is still there. And then they get to the promised land. They can see it right over the river. Moses says, hey, this is our land. This is the place where God is sending us. And so he gets up some spies. He says, I need you guys to go do a vision trip. Go into the land. Go check out the land. Is it as good as it says it is? The spies are supposed to come back and say, dude, this place is awesome. Let's go. And the spies come back. Two of them, Joshua and Caleb, are like, man, this place is amazing. Let's go. God has given it in our hands. The other seven spies are like, ah, no. It's scary. The people there are big. And they look like this land is going to devour us. So maybe we should just go back to Egypt. And God is like, no, I've told you guys, I've given you this land. This is your land. This is your possession. All you have to do is go in and get it. And the people of Israel, all of the promises, all of their future, all of their hopes, all of their dreams are dashed because of fear. They decide, we don't want to go into the land. God is trying to murder us. God is sadistic. God doesn't care for us, even though he's done all these miraculous things to release him from slavery, take care of them in the wilderness, and they decide we're going to be disobedient and not inherit the land that God was going to call us to. So God says, fine, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put you back into the wilderness, and you're going to be stuck there for 40 years. And everybody who got to see the land is not going in the land. Your children are going to end up in the land. I just caught you up for the first three services. So finally now, Moses dies. Joshua who was one of the spies who went into the land, now assumes control. He is now given leadership over the children of Israel. And God tells him, listen, I am sending you into the promised land. God reaffirms the promise to him. In fact, I want to read this to you because it's so relevant. Joshua chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, it says this. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant is dead. 
And now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, and you and all this people into the land that I'm giving to them, the people of Israel. Going on to verse 3. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread. Everybody say every place. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promised to Moses. Verse 4. From the wilderness and this and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land. Everybody say all the land. All the land of the Hittites to the great sea towards going down on the sun shall be your territory. Verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Next verse. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause the people to inherit the land. Everybody say, inherit the land. Inherit the land that I swore to them, to their fathers, to give them. Verse 9, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Moses takes up leadership. He is now leading the people into the promised land. God reaffirms the promise. He is headed to the promised land. Everywhere that his foot touches, God says, I'm going to give you. So Joseph now is a mini Moses, and it seems like a lot of the encounters that are taking place are kind of like the encounters that God had originally with Moses. God speaks to him verbally. He meets with him in person, and then Joshua does the exact same thing that Moses did. He sends spies. Now he sends spies into the land. Spies go into Jericho. This was the first city they were going to take over. They send spies into Jericho. They go into Jericho. They meet a woman named Rahab. Rahab ends up being one of Jesus' great, 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 grandmothers, but that's a whole nother story. So they meet this woman named Rahab, and Rahab spills the tea. What? What's going on? Jericho is shook. They are afraid for their lives. Jericho knows that Israel is coming in and about to take over. Jericho knows that this land has been given over to Israelite, and, and they've been meeting together, and they've been talking about it, and they're scared for their lives. Look at what it looks like in verse uh, 8 through 11 of Joshua chapter 2. Before the men lay down, she, talking about Rahab, came up to them on the roof and said to them, Men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, and the fear of you has fallen upon us, and all the inhabitants of the land uh, away, of the land melt away <laughs> before you. Verse 9. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt. And what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sihon and Og, whom you devoted to destruction. Verse 11. And as soon as we heard it, they're talking about it in Jericho. They're having conversations about it. As soon as we heard it, our hearts melted. There was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is a God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. There's something very significant about this text. And I remember a conversation that I had with Rhonda Gibson Willis just a couple of weeks ago. She was telling me something that her mentor said to her. And I want to tell you, Rhonda, that was biblical because honestly, it is in the scripture. And we see it right here. This is what her mentor said to her. Right now, your name is being spoken of in rooms you're not in. 
Israel hadn't even entered Jericho yet, and they were talking about them. And when God's hand is on you, you don't have to worry about how you're going to get in there. You don't have to worry about what you're going to say because your name has already been spoken of in rooms that you've never been in. So I don't know. There may be somebody in here who's looking for a promotion. You don't even know that they're already talking about your name in the boardroom. You want to go your business? You don't know that there are clients out there who have heard about you and who want to invite you to be a part of their organization. You don't know what God is doing when you're you're not around. God is at work, John. Your name is being spoken of in rooms that you didn't even know. So the two spies come back and they're pumped for their vision trip. They're excited. They tell the people, man, it's, 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 let's go. It's ready. The land is ready for us. Joshua chapter 3, God brings them to the Jordan. Now they're in that situation. We preached about this on Vision Sunday. They're now between a rock and a hard place. They've got the river in front of them. They've got the wilderness behind them. But now they've got to make the decision, will we trust God that he has given us the land before? So now they stand before a hard thing. How are we going to cross the river? Well, you know what? Our ancestors, our people beforehand crossed the Red Sea on dry ground. And God says, listen, I'm about to do it again. Tell the priests, grab the Ark of the Covenant, grab my presence. Your presence is an open door. So they grabbed the Ark of the Covenant, which was where the presence of God dwelt, and they said, as soon as you touch the water, priests, while you're carrying this Ark of God,